0: Welcome back to the Goodlesville Gallatin and Online Gospel Compass Ministry for another episode of The Journey Through Scripture. Join us as we talk current events, read through the Word, and seek to apply it every Wednesday in this new midweek
1: Bible study. The Journey Through Scripture, a Gospel Compass production. Hey, welcome to the Gospel Compass podcast, Journey Through Scripture. Tim Stuller, Daniel Evans, How's we're the going? pastors of the Gospel of Gallatin Church, and now Daniel is actually taking on a new title: yes, Pastor of Online Engagement. Which yes. means this is your this is your area right here that we're doing today. It's funny because so. I have a face for radio. So we'll see. <laughs> well, we're, we're <laughs> glad that you're joining us today. Uh, we are going through the very last two verses of James. It's mm-hmm. the end of the series where the rubber meets the road and we uh we're talking the the title of this message. we both preached this message Sunday, yeah, yep. you preached this in Gallatin. I talked about it here in Gulitzville and we, uh, we decided that this was Extreme Makeover Life Edition, right. that there is a reclamation that needs to happen in most of our lives at some point along the way, mm-hmm. and we, we, were, we were fascinated that James ends his letter with such a serious note. Right. There's no personal sign-off, no mm-hmm. small talk. It was, this was the last thing he said, and so it's James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Do you have that in front of you? I do. You want to read it for us?
0: My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Now, Sunday, you used
1: a life preserver to illustrate this. Mm -hmm. Talk
0: about that. Yeah, we kind of broke down the passage a little bit, talked about, and we're going to talk about wandering. But uh, I told a story about a time where we went whitewater rafting and everyone got uh, tossed out of the boat Mm -hmm. on the first rapid. And um, really this idea of uh, there must be someone who is still in the boat, who is close enough to the guide. Of course, in our life, that is the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. who is close enough to the guide that they then can help those who have gone astray, those who are in the turmoils or the rapid waters of mm-hmm. life they can throw this and they tell you that they say if you are going to throw this at someone hit them in the face it's better mm-hmm. to have a broken nose mm-hmm. than to die in the rapids mm-hmm. and that sounds like a pretty intense thing but yeah. you know the worst part about the rapids is and this is something i said on sunday it's not what you can see that's dangerous it's what's under the rocks yeah that you get your foot caught in and then just oh and you can't get out yeah people I, die all i the know time. this
1: personally by yeah. the way I took a group whitewater rafting. we were on our individual fun yaks they called them mm-hmm. and so uh we youth, were youth pastors listen up, because we both made this mistake <laughs> <laughs> we were ready to go down uh, two class fives and a class four mm-hmm. rapid on the nolichucky river and uh, the guy says hey you want to go first so i'm like yeah i want to go first because that means nobody's going to be bothering me when right. i go down the rapids <laughs> and so he has me line up sideways well here comes this kid his eyes are wide open he can't stop himself He hits me. He knocks me over that first class five rapids sideways. So I'm immediately out. I go down all those rapids by myself. Actually, not by myself because there's 40 Funyaks right behind me Mm -hmm. running me over. So they throw me that line. I grab it. I do what you're supposed to. Hold it over your shoulder. About the time they started to pull on me, a Funyak came on top of me. I was pinned between the bottom of the river and that Funyak. And I thought, I'm going to have to let go. I'm going to drown right here in two feet of water. And so I tried to let go of the rope, it wrapped around my finger, wouldn't let go. Oh, my gosh. And so all I knew to do was I bench-pressed that kid and that fun yak off hand <laughs> and let that guy bring me uh, back to the shore. Know, the thing about is when we're off the trail, a lot of times we can't get back on ourselves. We, yeah. we can't get back in the boat by ourselves. Right. We have to have somebody that's helping us out. Good illustration. Thanks, man. It was fun. We talked here about um, the Yellowstone National Park, hmm. and they're very clear trails, and And one of the trail guides wrote an article about a guy that got off the trail. Mm -hmm. He got off the trail and he fell into a hot spring. It was 459 degrees. Wow. They couldn't find any of his body. Goodness gracious. And that when you get off the trail there, you may may be stepping on something that's an inch or two thick Mm -hmm. and right under it's boiling water. Yeah. And so the danger
0: is that you could die. My uncle took a tumble on the Smoky Mountain Trail one time, and it was just the sediment, you know. It Mm. was he got off the beaten path just Mm. enough that hit the sediment broke under his foot. Mm. He fell like 60 feet before a tree stopped him. He looked awful. But, I mean, literally, he was within arm's reach of the rest of the team. He just lost his footing. One of the things that I said on Sunday was uh, we lose – uh, we lose our footing when we take our eyes off of Jesus. Yeah, and good. so just like not just my uncle that's not looking down and watching every single step, you don't have to
1: be, like you just said, you yeah. don't have to be in 20 feet of water. You could have drowned in two feet of water. Absolutely. And so this guide says, if you're planning on visiting Yellowstone, please follow the rules and guidelines. Stay on the trails. Mm. If you leave them, the best case scenario is that you damage part of our most precious ecosystem. The worst mm. case scenario is that you die a really Horrible death. Wow. <laughs> you know, what is it happens when we get off the trail, yeah. spiritually speaking? Mm. And how does that happen? Sometimes
0: very quickly and without us knowing
1: it. Yeah, a lot of times it's it's not a conscious decision to right. leave the trail, it's uh, something else catches our attention. As you said, when we take our eyes off Christ, mm-hmm. or we don't follow those who God has assigned to lead. I heard somebody recently say that. In our church, Jesus is the leader. We don't have elders. Well, mm. I, that's not biblical. Right. Because the Bible tells us that we have those who are elders and leaders in authority over us, and mm-hmm. they're to set an example. We're to follow their guide. They're, they are shepherds, so mm-hmm. to speak, who keep us on the path. Right. And so this is important that we follow those people. But oftentimes, let's talk about the wanderer for a moment. Mm. Um, again, you said what, when we take our eyes off Christ, we mm-hmm. tend to lose our direction. Right. I used to work at Disney World and there would be, there would be tours that come from all these other nations. Mm. They didn't speak English. Right. And so there would be these guys that were out in front of this tour and they would be, have this big banner mm-hmm. and it was yellow or orange. Maybe have some kind of symbol on it and that group was to stay with that with because that if they got symbol, lost right. they couldn't speak the language, mm-hmm. they couldn't read the signs and they had to follow that. That's what you're talking about. We mm-hmm. follow God's Holy Spirit, right? obviously His Word and other people who are charged to lead us and guide us. Have you ever
0: been a pace runner? you never been I, a pace runner? You have, know have you? better than that. <laughs> so I've never been a pace runner, but uh, that's a, the I, I almost talked about that on Sunday uh-huh. too, because the pressure of the pace runner. Like I'm going to run a nine minute and five second pace for this 26 miles. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they hold that the same thing. You know, there's people yeah. there who, you know, the Nashville Marathon, they don't speak English and you know, the numeric system is all they know. Mm-hmm. And so like, I mean, for me, like, and, and I wish I kind of had tied this in now because in our life as Christians, we need to find who our pace setters are. Mm-hmm. We need to find the people who are running at the race at the same pace that we are because I, honestly, you know, at a time in my life, if I was trying to keep up with... um you know, my professors when I was at Union. Now they're leagues and years ahead of me, right. you know? And so the same thing, you know, in the church, we've got all these people who are a different place and a different, uh, a different level in their spiritual walk. So, you know, it, maybe your boat, maybe your, um, you know, the thing that you're in right now in life, isn't the, isn't the Titanic. You know, maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you need to, you know, tie yourself to someone who can
1: take you to that next level. That next level. One thing's for sure, that we are following Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are listening to the Holy Spirit. We are, we are uh, obeying the word. We are listening to those who are in leadership over us, whether mm-hmm. that's a parent or a, a spouse or a, uh, certainly a church leader. And we are paying a lot of attention to staying true to that path, knowing right. that the danger lies when you get off. So wanderers don't necessarily do it on purpose; they mm-hmm. just take their eyes off where they're supposed to go, right. or maybe follow after somebody that leads them astray. Right. And so the wonderer in this is interesting because the Bible tells us that we're all prone to wonder. Mm-hmm. Remember really great hymn, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Mm-hmm. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Come that Fountain, number 13. And there you go, number 13. <laughs> in, the, in the broad man, what, a what a beautiful, what uh, a beautiful confession. Mm-hmm. And so here we see that we take our eyes off Christ, we don't follow our leadership, right. we we disobey the truth of the word of the... But he says, wanderers from the truth. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that for a minute. What does that mean, wanderers from the truth? You you, you kind of dove into it a little bit earlier. Yeah, I think
0: the, the when we think about the truth, the truth is, you know, Christ tells us that the gate is narrow and few will enter. Mm-hmm. The truth is really staying um aligned to the things that God has called us to do and his will. And so to get off of that alignment sometimes are circumstances outside of our control. You know thinking about running the marathon again mm-hmm. and there's this area over by Belmont where the roads get really tight mm-hmm. and the hills get really bad. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, I didn't mean to. My pace slowed, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was talking to a, somebody and I was like, "Hey, what group are you running with?" And he was like, uh, 8:40." And I was trying to hit an 8. And mm-hmm. I was like, "I got to get I got to get <laughs> caught up, you know." Like I'm like, "8:40. I got some making up to do, but it wasn't, I didn't mean to get off pace. I didn't mean to get off track. You know, my truth that I was running an eight minute mile was, you know, because of the obstacles that I was coming with. There was overcrowding on the, on the racetrack. There was, um, you know, Dave Barnes was standing outside drinking coffee. I got distracted by that. That's one of my favorite songwriters. But now I just remember thinking like, sometimes it's not our fault. And other times, you know, maybe you didn't train well enough to stick with that race group. Well, when you talk
1: about eight forty, that was my pace. Eight days, forty minutes. So <laughs> confident you could hold that one. James right? James obviously can be talking about doctrinal truth. For sure. And so that is one thing. But James is more James is more practical. And so when we accept the gospel, it's a change of life. Mm-hmm. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. This is really rubber meets the road. It's whole, the whole book. Right. If any of you stray from doing these things that we're talking about, mm-hmm. if you find yourself not speaking with the right, the right things coming out of your mouth, if you mm-hmm. if you're not loving, if you're not if you're not confessing your sins one to another, this by the way I think that's why he sets this up. Right. The previous verses confess your sins one to another. Here is the idea that when there is a confession of sin, you help that person come back. Mm-hmm. And so to wonder from the truth, I, I, I was talking to you earlier that the root here is the same root for wonder is the same root as error, plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And planae and plan uh, planaio plan is the planet. That's where we get the word planet. Wander is a planet. Mm. And so the planet's wandering around in space. And right, they, right. They observe these planets just out there going around wherever they wanted to. Right. And so... That's interesting. And so to wonder from the truth is a lifestyle lived mm. in such a way that it reflects that we have somebody leading us, guiding mm. us, and then we're staying true to that truth. Not just, not just doctrinally. There's something interesting, by the way. We find that oftentimes that our belief system will follow our behavior system. Hmm. That people who fall into disobedience that start to act the wrong way will then change their beliefs to justify hmm. their actions. Right, true. And so I, I mentioned Sunday, the book, The Making of an Atheist. Hmm. Uh, the argument is most people aren't an atheist by nature. Hmm. As a matter of fact, he would argue nobody is. Hmm. But when they want to walk in disobedience, that is to go off the trail, right. they want to deny that the trail is the right trail in the first hmm. place. Oh, yeah, I see. The second part of that is that very often our belief system will change our behaviors. Mm. And so here I think James is talking about both. Yeah. Don't let your behaviors change your beliefs. Don't let your beliefs change your behaviors. Stay true mm. to the truth. And so here's the challenge then. This is spoken to those who are wondering. I think mm. it's I think it's saying, be willing to be drawn back, but but far more than that's talking about those who observe the wanderer. Mm. It's really not to the wonder as much. It's to the people who see somebody that's in error. Mm. And this would be what I would call the restorer. Mm-hmm. What did you, you talk about Sunday about that? Yeah, I talked about how
0: corporately we restore people in worship, how mm-hmm. we realign truth because we preach truth and we mm-hmm. sing truth. And that's why we have times of confession and prayer mm-hmm. at the end of services. We hope that corporately that would happen. Mm-hmm. But individually, I hope that everyone in the service on Sunday thought about a person. I mean, mm-hmm. I had, you know, Dwight reached out to me and mm-hmm. said he already texted his person. Yeah. Well, his two persons. Yeah, uh, He already texted his two persons who he knows he could be that someone who pulls them back in, in line with the, the truth of God's word because he can
1: see them wandering. Great illustration. Uh, as a matter of fact, what a beautiful application that we do this corporately in worship. And mm-hmm. If you're missing out on worship, you're missing out on the opportunity for God to call you back through the Holy Spirit. That's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Worship is that corporate realignment each week to make sure that we're all, okay, here's the banner. Right. Let's follow it. But the second part of that is that we know people who may not even be in worship, mm-hmm. who who are so strayed that they're not even worship. This is a dangerous time. Yeah, for sure. Because COVID has disallowed that corporate Mm -hmm. coming back together so it's all the more important that we check in on each other so to speak and so you already said that dwight has done that dwight's Mm -hmm. a fellow in our church and um that that we all should be doing that Mm -hmm. now here's the danger i think do we go out looking for error yeah right no
0: i mean i think that that's something that's hard. I think uh, we probably both use the same word. We're not supposed to be policing our fellow brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. We're supposed to be praying for them. Yeah. And we're supposed to be like um, really careful in the way that we show um, grace and truth and the way that we approach them in love. Yeah, we're not supposed
1: to be the Holy Ghost Gestapo. <laughs> I did not use that. How, how do you like <laughs> that? I, like that. And and I, didn't I didn't use that, that. either. But that was a <laughs> you stroke of genius. <laughs> Some people l- love that role. <laughs> mm-hmm. They embrace that role number one because it takes their, the the eyes of the world off of the fact that they're not on the path. Mm. That's this is where the scripture says, "Don't look at a speck in somebody else's eye when you have a plank in your yeah, own." For sure, because there must be a lot of that. Yeah. So we're not to go out looking, but listen, when somebody's really stray and you start to begin to see a pattern, mm-hmm. and and you it becomes obvious. It's, it doesn't say go out looking for it, but it's basically when you see somebody going off the trail, when you when you observe this in their life, their mm-hmm. behavior, their beliefs. Then in love, mm-hmm. and this shouldn't be anything that any of us desire. I don't right. think. As a matter of fact, that's the hardest thing for me in the ministry. Is it for you? I can't wait to call this person out <laughs> at Sunday business meeting. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awful. Actually. It's not fun. And so, and so we're to be the the restore that, and we we understand that the restore is how God brings people back. Right restoration. Yeah, there there is uh, the fact that God can speak to somebody through His Holy Spirit, but right. more often than not. God uses people to bring back people. And the time, and what's interesting to
0: me, lo- looking at church history, the times in church history where legalism has overrode restoration. Mm-hmm. We have things like the Salem witch trials. Yeah, like yeah. we have you know the Catholic yeah. Church and all these terrible things going on because legalism is overriding. You know, and so we're pointing out the the speck in someone else's eye while we have the plank in ours.
1: Yeah, the goal is always restore, not to burn at the stake. Yeah, and <laughs> and so or to or to make yourself feel better, or to excommunicate, or to condemn. Yeah. yeah. And so so we know that the restorer plays a part in God's plan. We know that we're to do this in love, speak mm-hmm. the truth in love. So we don't go after somebody because we don't love them. Right. We love them and we want to see them restored. We understand that we can't do it without being the example. Mm-hmm. You can't bring somebody else back to the trail that you're not willing to follow yourself. Mm-hmm. And Paul talks about that to the Colossians. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. Right. Not you who are also off the trail. Right. And then... We know that prayer plays a big part in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you're going to correct somebody, you better really be praying for them first. Mm. Not only prayer, but this is the part that I wanted to address a little bit Sunday. I think we've come to a place in, in our church world today where we're afraid to confront. Mm. And so instead of confronting, what does the church today do? sweeps under the rug i mean just you you take you choose your own path yeah just roll 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 with it right you choose your own path whatever you want what whatever sexuality you want whatever moral behavior lack of moral behavior whatever belief system you want whatever Mm -hmm. we see this in churches just pick just pick a doctrine they all go to the same place fine and again we're not out there to police it right but certainly because we love somebody we want them to believe the right thing i think that's what james is saying right and so we don't go out there trying to correct everybody all the time. And we show a lot of grace and love to those. And, and hopefully others who think that we're in error would show the same thing to us. Mm. But, but there is this idea that we know, we need to confront. Paul said to the church at Ephesus for three years, I never stopped warning you mm-hmm. night and day with tears. And so he didn't want them to be in error. Mm-hmm. And so there's the idea of confronting, but then if that person doesn't turn, there's also discipline. Right.
0: And did you see that thing on Facebook? I'm going to throw you a curveball here. We didn't talk about yeah. this before. About four or six weeks ago, one of our church members shared it, and it was a letter from a Church of Christ.
1: Oh, I did, did see that. Did you see
0: that? Yeah. How would you? And so I'd like to give a yeah. quick recap, Cap. It, basically, the letter said, we haven't seen you in worship. We know that you're living out of wedlock,
1: mm-hmm. and we're
0: um, hoping that you'll correct these things. If not, these disciplinary actions will
1: be taken, and you'll be yeah. removed from membership of the church. And, and, and so the church is the head comes off, spins around, and green vomit comes out. Right, and so, right. like, uh, there's this. I'm talking about the world. Right. I believe that, I, I don't know how they did it. And so I think this yeah. is, and so my my first
0: take was, you know, people start rolling the camera yeah. when they want to right. on the police, you know, police brutality is a real thing, don't yeah. hear, don't mishear me. But when people start rolling those cameras when they want to and you don't get right. the whole backstory, we don't know if right. the church has already reached out to this young lady. We don't know. We don't know if they've already right. had a conversation, if they've brought her or her fiance in, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So the thing for me is, A, we don't know the backstory. But B, I don't think the church is that far off base. Well, again, we love you. Right. We don't want you to... And you we haven't want been. Affirm you. you haven't been coming to church. Right. We don't want to affirm the fact that you're living in sin. Right. And it sounds to me like she's going to be calling to try to probably get the
1: sanctuary booked for a wedding. And and so here's the, here's the challenge that we have. We want to love those people. Yeah. We need to confront. But right. what, there also there also should be a a correction. Hmm. Now we don't love this. We hate this. Mm-hmm. None of us like this. I, at least we shouldn't. No. But there there should be. Hey, if you continue on, we're not going to be able to really fellowship together because. Right. I can't affirm what you're doing mm-hmm. or you can't be in a position of leadership or, um, hey, we're going to have to let these other people know that because it's going to affect them. Right. In other words, there are consequences to those things. Yeah. We just don't continue to say everything's hunky-dory. Well, this, is,
0: this has happened to me, you know, when I was doing uh, accountability in high school, when, you know, phones became the Internet became something that you could access pornography at any Mm -hmm. time and place. And when I had a misstep, I was removed as as the worship leader at Mm -hmm. 17, 18 years old. And I I knew that was for my benefit, for my good. And so I had someone who loved me enough to say, you can't be on stage leading worship if you're living this way. But
1: not punitively. For sure. It was to correct. It was also to say that these two things are incompatible, (coughs) that that you cannot be a guide when you're off the path.
0: And so 15 years later, I am eternally grateful to Justin Hines for making Mm -hmm. my 18-year-old arrogant self sit out that And so
1: there you go. And so that you understand that you can't lead others on a path that you're not taking yourself. So that's where the discipline comes in. If you're watching this, don't let that go to your head. Discipline, by the way, the root there is to teach. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so there's some correction in teaching. For sure. And so we see that, by the way, Scripture is profitable for correction Mm and instruction and righteousness. And so we discipline, but that's not the end of the story. For sure. The end of the story is what we're talking about, restoration. That is forgiveness and restoration. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness says it's over, it's done. Restoration says you're back to where you belong. You're not still sitting out. You've been leading worship for years now.
0: After a season of accountability, a season of prayer, a meeting with my Sunday school teacher and with Justin. You know, even when I went to Union, I was sending, or when I started at First mm-hmm. Baptist, and now, of course, with Briley, mm-hmm. uh, there's always been this cadence of accountability in my life mm-hmm. because I was shown that if I'm going to be in this position, I'm going to have to set up these hurdles in my life that make my calling, my vocation as a worship leader, yeah. more important to me than getting off path on yeah. that specific sin. Yeah,
1: and so... Those, uh, those cars at Disney World, Kings Island, oh, yeah. the, the old cars, the yeah, race cars, yeah, yeah. Love there's that little rail right down the middle. <laughs> you can, you, so when you create accountability in your life, that mm-hmm. helps you to keep from getting off the track. Mm-hmm. When Angela Mills and I were newlyweds, we went to Myrtle Beach. Mm. One of my favorite things at the time in Myrtle Beach was the Indy cars. And I couldn't wait to do that. And so I said, You've got to do this, babe. And so we did it. We got our little license, go out there. I'm driving, you know, I'm just driving my guts out. Right. Next thing I know, I see a bunch of guys and run across the course. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Well, there's Angela Mills. She's driving through all the green. Oh gosh. (laughs) And and when she came back in, she said, I thought it would keep me on the track like Disney World. no (laughs) there was no under track so the goal was not to punish her is to say all right ma'am you need to stay on the track Mm -hmm. and so we need to understand that the (laughs) goal of the christian life as those who are restorers is to bring people back Mm -hmm. to get them back on the track to make sure that they are able to lead others right not to keep them punished to keep a record of their wrongs it is to help them to be what god's called them to be and if we
0: do that they become restorers in themselves how many life? How many life preservers have I thrown out to guys
1: struggling with pornography? Since... And and then, and and thus, hopefully, they're getting it right and helping other people. That's where he comes to in verse twenty. Right. The results of reaching out to somebody who's struggling. The results are we feel really good about ourselves because we caught somebody in sin. The goal isn't well. We're really serious about this because look, we we did this to this person. The mm-hmm. goal is, he says, what you'll cover a multitude of sins. Yep and so that 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 will be forgiven that people that person will, will be kept from doing more sin mm-hmm. it also may mean that that person won't have the influence of others to go off the trail right but it also says it will save them from death mm-hmm. now this is this is where I think it gets serious right when the church simply affirms somebody choosing their own path mm-hmm. basically we're saying it's okay you choose your own trail mm-hmm. And we know that just a few feet off the path could be a a boiling death. Mm. And so, do we believe God's word enough to know that it's true? To know that there is there is one way. Mm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by Him. Do we do we realize that God's word is true, and that to disobey it is to to walk off that path into danger? Mm. And do we do we hold to that enough that we love our brothers and sisters, and that we're willing? to speak the truth in love, to correct them, right. to, to discipline if we need to, as you went through, but ultimately to restore them. Mm-hmm. We're in a church, I'll just be honest, we're in a church where there are some in our leadership, I'm talking to elders and deacons, who have been married before, who may have had some mistakes in their lives, mm-hmm. but we don't leave them there. We see that what God's done. There's a track record of restoration. Right. There's a track record of correction. There is a there is a uh, an assurance through that repentant sp- heart. Yeah, that repentant heart that the witness of the Holy Spirit, yep. and they are in positions of leadership, and we're okay with that, hmm. because who failed worse than Peter, other than Judas? Maybe David. <laughs> I'm talking about in the, <laughs> yeah. In the apostles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, look at David. David's totally restored. Right. Look at, look at Peter, though, denied yeah. Christ three times after mm-hmm. saying that he would never do it. I mean, bold-faced lie. Yeah. And when did Jesus come in three times? Do you love me? Do mm-hmm. you love me? Do you love me? And you remember what Jesus said to Peter after Peter finally said, You know everything. You know I love you. Do you remember what he said? Feed my sheep. You know what those three words are? Mm. Those are three words of restoration. Mm. That's cool. I license you to do what you are called to do. Mm. You are no longer Peter who denied me. You are Peter who will live your life telling the world about me. It's awesome. And you will die doing the same thing. Mm. Now to me, that is a beautiful picture of Holy Week mm-hmm. about what Christ has done for us. Cuz if there's tragedies in Holy Week, certainly the death of Christ, certainly the betrayal by Judas, but the denial by Peter is something I think we can all mm-hmm. identify with. And so if you find yourself in that position where you've strayed from Christ, and by the way, 51% of Americans now aren't even in church. Mm. If you find yourself where you've slipped away, maybe you've become become, um, out of the habit Mm -hmm. of worshiping and and serving. If you find yourself living a life that's contrary to the gospel, Mm. here's the good news. Jesus stands ready, and so does a Bible-believing church, to forgive you and restore you. And if you're listening today and you're a Christian, by all means, if you see somebody, don't go out looking, but if you see somebody you know and love who is straying from the truth, help them. You might save their life, spiritually, maybe even physically, Mm -hmm. and you will certainly cover a multitude of sins. Nothing's more beautiful than somebody that's been restored. Mm -hmm. You know the word here, turn, is the same word used for salvation. That repentance, that turning, mm. and so it can mean the first turning, but it can also mean a returning. Return, yeah. And so it's just as beautiful for somebody who returns mm. as it is for somebody that turns originally. Mm. We should be in that business. This is how James ends the letter. You want to live your life where the rubber meets the road. If you see somebody going off the road, mm-hmm. bring them back. Thank you, James, for an incredible book. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for this series. Thank you for preaching us Sunday. It's great. And thank you for joining us in this Holy Week. We pray that you'll join us as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God bless.